Hello and welcome everybody to Absolute Comics! It is Sal and myself today. I am Dan. This, I'm, I'm not Benny, in case you couldn't tell by the lack of facial hair and very loud voice. Benny is currently busy, so I stepped in and we're going to have a good episode today. Sal, how are you doing? I'm doing well, man. How about you? I am also doing quite well. We've got some fantastic weather over here and it's definitely brightened my spirits. I'm like super active. Uh, I'm definitely, I'm solar powered, I'm learning. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember that moment when I realized I was solar powered. I think I was <laughs> in high school and it was like a bright day. I was having a really miserable time because I was in high school and I went outside <laughs> and the sun just poured into me and I was like, I'm like Superman. Like I am solar charged. I need this. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, no, it's, 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 a, it's a godsend. It really, really is. So we're just going to go ahead and jump on into things. Uh, first up on the news that I've got is DC reveals the first five pages of Jeff Johns' new book, Flashpoint Beyond. Uh, in the preview pages, we see Batman alongside uh, Mime and Marionette from Johns' Doomsday Clock story. Yay! Uh, <laughs> and this is the Thomas Wayne Batman. Uh, and the story is set up to be a direct sequel to Flashpoint uh, with Thomas Wayne waking up after sending Bruce home, killing Reverse Flash, and... The world's still there, and he is trying to figure out why it's still there. Uh, And the 48-page issue number zero is going to be out April 5th. It's going to be an every-other-week release. And uh, I'm not sure if you saw some of the preview pages, Sal. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But on one of them, it's actually got Batman. He's looking through all the different things, and it's... (laughs) You can tell someone in editing was like, okay, we're just going to put 5G massive on this blackboard, crossed <laughs> out, and say crisis averted. Exactly. Right? It, it was super, I thought that was pretty funny, a nice little nod. But uh, yeah, what do you think of this? Because I, it's I'm very conflicted. Like, I, I don't you. know if this is a good or a bad thing. Like, This is one of those things, right, where... Um, Doomsday Clock was going to be the big next phase of DC. Obviously, Rebirth was building towards it. Uh, Not unlike the Hickman era of X-Men, the different creators under Rebirth who didn't brainchild Rebirth, Mm -hmm. uh, they they took it and did their own things with it and had their own fun with it. You know, obviously, like, Tomasi, I think, took the biggest leaps when it came to Rebirth from Superman to to, to Jonathan, etc. Like... But none of it factors in really to John's Doomsday Clock, which is the culmination. Uh, but because of the delays, and I think, I don't know, but maybe some kind of internal power struggle, it went yeah. by the wayside. Uh, it was not included. I mean, obviously, they wanted to appease Bendis, so the Legion of Superheroes and the Justice Society of America, they were revealed slash given something else to do before Doomsday Clock came out, so that changed the entire dynamic of that book to the point where you're like, did Doomsday Clock even happen in this reality? <laughs> right. And, and and then you hear nothing from Johns from Doomsday Clock to now, and mm. no one used Marionette Mime from Doomsday Clock to now. And if that's the case, does Johns have some kind of in? Influence over DC, even though he doesn't really even kind of work there anymore. Right. I, yeah, when I, so when I saw this, I had that exact same thought because I was like, 
are they counting Doomsday Clock in continuity? Because oh, yeah. I know it was supposed to be. Yeah. But DC tends to do that thing where they're like, hey, if we don't mention something for long enough, we can pretend it doesn't exist, right? That's DC. Uh, <laughs> and I'm wondering if they're trying to do kind of... I'm wondering if they're almost implying that Doomsday Clock might have actually occurred in the Flashpoint universe mm. and not in the main universe and that's kind of what they're going to go with this. But the reason why it doesn't make much sense is in the preview for this, I don't recall reading anything that related to Justice League Incarnate, mm -hmm. which currently has Thomas Wayne Batman. Well, a with Thomas President Wayne Superman. Batman, because that Thomas Wayne Batman is not the same Thomas Wayne Batman as the Thomas Wayne Batman from Tom King's run on Batman. And mm -hmm. I don't know if either of those Batman are the same Batman from The Button. <laughs> so which Tom you know what I mean like I, I remember yeah. I, I thought I remembered at least that one of the Thomas Wayne Batman already had the experience of realizing that Flashpoint reality still existed and did I change anything but mm -hmm. now we're getting it again and it's like how many Thomas Wayne Batman are there right now mm -hmm. and will Johns acknowledge any of them yeah <laughs> Because I, I thought the the Flashpoint one was in the Justice League Incarnate because they do constantly reference, oh, this is the Thomas Wayne from the universe that no longer exists. Like, right. he doesn't have an Earth. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. And then yeah. all of a sudden they come along and they're like, hey, Flashpoint Beyond, it still exists. And it's yeah. like... Yeah, yeah. Now, in, in Justice League Incarnate, there at least is kind of a reference point. You might be able to say, okay... I think Josh Williamson is playing ball. That Thomas Wayne may be the same Thomas Wayne, but mm -hmm. I, I doubt John's read it. You know, I, I don't, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I really don't think John's is, like, cause, yeah. because he's not collaborating with anybody and none of this builds towards anything. Like, it's just, it, they're calling it, according to the cover, the sequel to Flashpoint. Wh what? Like, yeah. that book came out, what, 11 years ago? You know, like, what are you talking about? the sequel to Flashpoint. Who's asking for a sequel to Flashpoint? <laughs> we, we've we already gotten sequels to Flashpoint. No, 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 but now I'm writing it, so now it's the real one. Meanwhile, you got uh, you got the death of Justice League, you got uh, Dark Crisis coming out, you mm -hmm. know, and, and and you would think that any of this would be involved. I mean, Batman's standing in front of a friggin' chalkboard with all kinds of stuff going on. The fall of the Justice League, you know, why is Deathstroke not acting like Deathstroke anymore? Like, what is that supposed to mean? You know, yeah. is he taking pot shots at uh, the Shadow War or whatever's coming out? Like, I don't know, but I know that it seems like it's just happening over there, and yet both of them are jockeying for position in the main the mainline DC universe. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's baffling to me. It, it really is, because if they had just, if this was coming out, like, later in this year... I would be much more accepting of it because it would feel like, okay, we can go through the death of the Justice League. We can finish off Williamson's uh, three-act Justice League incarnate situation, whatever they're doing over there. And yeah. then we can go, okay, well, that's clearly going to lead into this. Right. But the fact that this is coming out during that is like, are you changing stuff? Is this going to be another situation where you've got a comic that is currently out that is pretty much spoiling another comic that is out because it's technically supposed to pl take place afterwards like yeah yeah it, it it's just i think that john's is just 
making more work for the rest of the crew. <laughs> you know, like I think yeah. they're. I I would guarantee you, and I don't. I can't guarantee it because I I don't ask if, if I ever talk to these creators, which you might have noticed I have occasionally. Um, I. I don't ask them questions about that so that I can have right. plausible deniability. So I can legitimately be like, I have no idea what's happening despite the fact that I've talked to like Josh Williamson, you know what I mean? So it's like, right. I, I, but I, but I feel in my bones that this is one of those things where they're like, John's gets to do whatever he wants over there. <laughs> and, and we just have to get out of the way. Yeah. Like, don't think about it is what they would probably sec- suggest. That's I, what. Okay. <laughs> I guess. I feel like everyone's going to go into this and they're going to look at the cover and go, Jeff Johns, Doomsday Clock. Okay, so it might, might not. I'm just going to take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look at look at all the hard work they've done. You know, if you read uh, not just League Incarnate, the most recent one, but the other one, the last one that came out, you know, they explain Dr. Manhattan from Doomsday mm-hmm. Clock. Like They explain that like he was an agent or influenced by the great darkness and all this stuff. There's no way Johns cares about that. Yeah. You know, Marion and Mime are here. <laughs> this bizarre. this was one that I'm it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out. Me Don't get me wrong, I think it's got the potential of being a good story. Totally. I he's just a good, think he's a good writer, right? Like he's, he he knows yeah. story structure. He really does, but whether it's in continuity or not and whether or not he's going to try and get the rest of DC to go along with it. Yeah. That's going to be one that will We'll see when it comes out, I guess. Exactly, exactly. Although, I don't know, man. Like, I remember being so on board for Doomsday Clock and Three Jokers. Yeah. And after Three Jokers, after Three Jokers issue one of three, people were like, eh. You know, like, sales went down. There were thousands of copies at every local comic book store. Like, everybody backed the John's train. Mm -hmm. And I think Fool Me Once, shame on you. Fool Me Twice, shame on me. Like, in this case, this is the third time. Where John's yeah. going to come out with a magnum opus that changes the DC universe forever. And, you know, the first time we all were on board for Doomsday Clock and we all were punished for it. And then Three Jokers, I think people started to speak to think for themselves. And they were like, I don't like this. Like, just, I don't care how good this art is. I don't yeah. like it. And if that's the case, you know, there is no hope for Flashpoint 2. I I feel like Flashpoint, if anything, is kind of a money grab at people searching for the movie. Yeah, uh, that's like fair. I feel like that as well as the connecting Batman with Beyond right. is another one. Like people are gonna pick it up. Who knows? Maybe they will throw at like Terry McGinnis into this one. I, if he does that for some reason, like all of a sudden we get a Flashpoint Batman Beyond. Yeah. Either way, this is Jeff John's uh, <laughs> next story that he's going to be doing. We'll see kind of what happens with that. Um, but yeah. uh, next up, we will continue with just a small bit. I thought this one was kind of funny. Yeah. The DC uh, Super Pets movie has confirmed that the Batman is going to be cast by Keanu Reeves. And this was shown in a recent clip where it's Kevin Hart as Ace the Bat Hound talking with Keanu as Batman. And honestly, every time I see more and more about this movie, I'm I just get I'm getting more excited. I'm like actually <laughs> super excited about this for just a 
In the same regard, I was excited for and really enjoyed the Lego Batman movie. Right, right. Where it's just, you go in knowing that it's just good fun. Yeah. I think that uh, it's it's definitely one of the more like prudent, smart moves on Warner Brothers slash DC's part. I mean, the Lego Batman movie did very well, uh, but you'll watch like... There aren't a lot of movies specifically targeted and geared for kids that are not made by Disney. Yeah. And, you know, otherwise it's things like The Secret Life of Pets or Despicable Me or those minions and stuff. And, like, so finally, there, we have something. And, and it's something that is undeniably geared towards children. And it's something that you can't deny isn't a, a massive moneymaker, which is CG animals. For some reason, yes. CG, and not like CG, not anthropomorphic animals like Zootopia. Right. Animals that do animal things that live animal ways, but also have like hilarious adult personalities. Right. It's, it's a, it's a brilliant, uh, it's a masterstroke in marketing. And, uh, and, and I applaud them. That being said, I don't really care about the super pets. I, I don't, you know, whenever you uh, show me like a trailer for one of these animated movies with all these cartoon animals and it just goes like, and it shows like name, 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 like every name in Hollywood is cast and they're going to be playing a rabbit and a cat and a dog and a marsupial of some kind. It's going to be hilarious. You're going to hear Kevin James and he won't fall down, but like his character will and it'll be hilarious. I, I, I couldn't care less. Like I am in right. no way impressed or surprised, but I, that's because I'm not a six year old kid. You know, so mm -hmm. I, I'm not there to clap my hands and laugh my ass off. You know, that's what this movie is geared towards, and I appreciate it. But, like, I, I think that this is one of those things where I'm, like, I'm drawing a line in the sand about movies like these where I'm, like, I wasn't a huge fan of the Lego Batman movie. Like, I okay. I, I appreciated it, but it wasn't like it was the best on-screen Batman I'd ever seen. It wasn't even the funniest movie of the year for me. But right. this... It's one of those things where it's like, it's okay for this to just be for children. Mm -hmm. And I don't need to like review it or weigh in on a movie that looks like that Red Panda movie. Okay. <laughs> right? Like, I don't even know anything about that movie. I saw the poster. I think Disney or is, is it Disney? It might have been Disney, but like somebody sent me a screener for it and I'm like, pass. It's for children. <laughs> I'm good. I don't need to watch your, your panda movie. Uh, uh, you know, Kung Fu notwithstanding. If they had another Kung Fu panda, that'd be another thing. Kung of. Fu panda was a fantastic film. Right. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. Maybe they need to make an apology movie for the third one. But like. <laughs> that, yes. Yeah. I always but, I always pretend it didn't exist. I think I everyone does. Like someone's going to be like, oh, man, you remind me that the third one exists. Uh but I don't care. Like, and, and then we go mm -hmm. like, man, Kevin Hart is a dog. And I'm like, I, I did you not understand? I don't care if the rock is going to be a super dog. I, I don't care. And, and, and I appreciate that they did it. Like, you know, I appreciate it in terms of like the business where I'm like, wow, like what a smart move. You know, if I were in charge of Warner brothers, I wouldn't have thought to do that because I'd be so steeped in comics and crap that I'd be like, okay, how are we going to make the DC cinematic universe work? How are we going to make this work, this work? But you know, then there's somebody who's going, Hey, we should make one of them Secret Life of Pets movies, but with our IPs. And it's like, yeah, that's so genius. What a great idea. And then it, you know, but but I, I don't care. And every time I see more of this movie, I'm like, yeah, this is not for me. And that's okay. You know, <laughs> good. I mean, that's, that's fair. I'm I'm actually, it's funny you say that because I'm in the other boat. I actually, I, know, you just enjoy, I, I mean, love these movies. I, I love the just kind of, I don't care. It's just funny. And personally, I like uh, I like these kind of ones because nowadays they tend to 
they tend to cater to the fact that they know parents have to watch these with their kids. Right. So they slip in that humor that is kind of very, like, adult friendly, where it's like the, there's one scene in the little clip where Batman's like, that better not be a copyright infringement. I'm going to get royalties on that. And it's just kind of like, a oh, it's funny, because that's how I would joke about Batman being with a Batman toy. And so I'm... I'm excited each time they show more because, like you said, when they list off the names, I don't necessarily. I don't care about the names. I'm not right. going to see them. Sometimes I don't even recognize their voice because they're doing a different voice. Like right, because they're actually acting as a, you exactly. Know. And uh, but I'm I'm excited to see what this one, what comes from this one, and I just like that it does not look like it's going to harm anything. No. In the sense of like, oh, it's going to be a bad film and make people go, oh, no, I hate Legion of Super... Nothing about it makes me say that. I think it's going to be one that people are going to enjoy or they just go, hey, it's not for me. Yeah. And move on. Exactly. No, I, I like the, 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 the thought process behind that where it's like, it is, it is okay because it's not hurting anybody it's not changing anything it's just it's just adding something it's like here's another thing Mm -hmm. and it for me it's one of those things where it's like it's okay to be a supplement you know where it's like like all your parents want to go see the batman and the kids get to go see that pets movie Mm -hmm. you know and maybe we'll take them to see it and we'll have a good time maybe the kids are feeling bad because you didn't take them to see the batman because it would be grossly inappropriate uh not unlike in 89 when some children weren't allowed to go see the Batman because they read a review and said like there's a lot of violence in this movie. Uh, right. But the 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 Pets movie allows for like everyone to participate in like the superhero movie genre. That's mm-hmm. a great point which is that it allows for if if you open the door for kid-oriented you know, large scale blockbusters or or at the very least just like kid-oriented cinematic experiences. It allows you to then make more adult-oriented stuff or not feel like, you know, we're Marvel. We made one movie this year. It better appeal to everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, with DC, it's like we made one movie this year. It doesn't need to be the one movie that everyone goes to see. It can be the movie that, like, all the grown-ups who want to see our movies go to see. And also, here's the one for the kids. It's genius. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I think it's also... I like it because it's also got that it'll bring more people into the comic world. That's true. It's yeah. a, like it's going to mer- get that Pixar audience into it. So let's hope. Um, all right. So next up I've got uh, there was a so this one I put on because you are more knowledgeable of obscure characters. Oh, sure. Uh, but uh, She-Hulk audition tape uh, was leaked and spoiled the debut of a potential strange Marvel mutant. Uh, in the audition tape by an actor, Tom Archdeacon, uh, for a Marvel villain, it was leaked and then removed. Not much was specifically said, but it was portraying a character that mentions immortality and a code name of Dr. Revive right. and the real name of Ryan Smith. It is uh, implied to potentially be the comic book character Mr. Immortal, who is a mutant and was once the leader of the Great Lakes Avengers. Yes. I'm not sure if you know anything about this character, but I, I threw it in there because I thought it's it's interesting that they're bringing in a potential mutant into the She-Hulk show. Right. Now, the, the trick with those kinds of characters, particularly with somebody like Mr. Immortal, who no one cares about, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I only know him because of 
you know, the the Great Lakes Avengers book that came out during Avengers Disassembled, and mm-hmm. then, you know, retroactively finding out more about him. I read that other, like, Marvel Now run, which I did not care for. Uh, right. But, yeah, Mr. Immortal's a mutant whose power is that he can come back to life. Like, he, he can die, but he comes back, like, every time. And, uh, you know, so it's not really immortal, but it, Dr. Revive suggests that it's definitely going to be about Mr. Mr. Immortal. Yeah. Um, the idea of putting Mr. Immortal into the She-Hulk show actually, I think, is a great big spoiler because if you have, like, deductive reasoning and critical thinking skills, you might be like, let's 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 unpack that right like mr immortal mm-hmm. is a joke like right he's a silly ass character that no one's going to be offended if you do it your own way you know it's not right. like we're going to put richard rider in the in the she hulk show and we're just going to make dick jokes the whole time right like people <laughs> would be outraged people also, would hate that so much <laughs> exactly and and we've already established what the nova core look like so like we'd have to we'd have to deal with that too if i just put mr immortal in here number 1 we can do whatever we want but number 2 what does that mean? Well, it means we're going to be dealing with super-powered courtroom cases. So, tonally, the She-Hulk show probably is going to be more in tune with the the Dan Slott run of She-Hulk than, like, the John mm-hmm. Byrne run or uh, the more recent runs of the last, like, ten years. So, okay, Mr. Immortal is in this show if he's in this show and the show is going to be legally oriented well i guess that means that like he's either going to be sued or suing or or maybe it's a murder case and this character was killed and then the joke is like later on he crops back up because his power is that he can't die so it's funny you say that because that i did read the article and uh in the released audition tape it's it is implied that he is currently on trial because he keeps getting new girlfriends and instead of breaking up with them he kills himself so they think he dies and then he comes back to life and he basically does this because he it's the coward's way out of not having to actually break up and move on and i thought it was funny and i wanted to mention that because i think if that's true I think this is going to be an interesting way to put humor in the She-Hulk show in a courtroom sense. And I think I think it's actually pretty smart because I think I think She-Hulk needs to have the humor. I think if it was just a standard superhero uh, lawyer show, people would go. I've got Daredevil. Why, uh, yeah. Like, what? Why do I want this? I mean, arguably, there isn't a nearly enough courtroom stuff in the Daredevil show. I was like shocked that there was more mm-hmm. Daredevil than Matt Murdock in that show. Cause I'm like, I mean, you, you want to save money, right? Just make it a courtroom job, put more court cases in here. Right. Uh, but I also understand they kind of, I, I would assume they want to turn this into like an Ally McBeal crossing Jordan, like humorous law and order type show where it's, it's in the courtroom, but also it's about Jen when she goes home and you know, maybe she's like trying to track down some witness or whatever, you know, it's, it's going to be the drama is, so is meta drama about the case and about herself and how she interprets her own life now that she's a She-Hulk, you know, all that crap. Uh, I can imagine that if you're choosing Mr. Immortal and you're making it that kind of plot line, I mean, 
if you were to take that and i do uh, sorry i do want to quickly for the audience this was all from an audition tape so this is not like a this is how it's going to be or anything like this this was just a leaked audition tape exactly which may be a good indication as to what the tone is going to be certainly because i think if it was going to be a high drama they wouldn't want that kind of humor though i do find it repugnant the idea that like he would create significant mental trauma for every yes. single one of these girls like to witness a suicide is like a oh, horrific experience suicide and like just kind of dying oh, like, like yeah he he gets hit by the by the yeah. mob and he gets thrown into the east river like who knows maybe he just pisses off the wrong person you know basically he, yeah he just goes into like uh he goes into like the worst part of his borough and goes like uh Hello, uh, Frank Castle. Yes. <laughs> I, ju- I just I just committed a crime. Blam. That would actually exactly. be a great way to put Punisher into the show. That would uh, be okay. That would be a good one. That that would be a funny. You would have to cast him. Just boom. Just just sniper bullet. Uh, yeah. But we do. But we can just we can ascertain from that that like oh, She Hulk will be humor based, and it might even be kind of like meta textual. Like it might be more about breaking the fourth wall, or at the very mm-hmm. least breaking the idea of what a superhero is and and what court cases look like. This is probably going to be the first time we're going to see uh, actual kind of like legal ramifications of the of of the blip. Yeah, um, I would be. I, I I wouldn't. I won't eat my hat, but I will say that I'll, I'll bet you a shiny nickel that if Matt Murdock is in this show, he will be the like Mark Wade red suited Matt Murdock, where it's like yeah. Daredevil for the defense, that kind of thing. I can um, see it. Uh, but yeah, I, I, Mr. Immortal implies a lot. We, I know we started with b- him being a mutant. That's the mm-hmm. easiest thing to not make happen. Yeah. Uh, it's that, very easy to just kind of be like, oh, it's a guy that comes back to life. Hey, that's his cool. power. His power is this. Where does he come from? Who cares? I was just born with it. That's all he has to say. And then yeah. the internet will endlessly speculate about mutants and nothing will change. Uh, but I, I, I would, it would be kind of funny if mutants debut in the She-Hulk show via Mr. Immortal of all characters. Right. (laughs) That, uh, that would be pretty funny if they're like, all right, so you're a mutant. Are you a part of the X-Men? No, 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 no. They're, they're a different thing. And then they they won't let me in. I'm, I I suck. No, I don't want to be a part of a team. That's too, too much high pro, too high profile for me. No, thank you. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was pretty good. Um, I know that there's been recent talks as well. Uh, I think I was looking this up for a previous week. I don't know if it was actually, if I remember it being on a show, uh, but I do believe actually, um, the Hulk is going to be in this show as well. Oh yeah. 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 So we're going to get some interesting stuff there, but she Hulk, it's going to be a fun one. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I can't wait to see her. Like I know we saw like her legs, but I can't wait to see what she looks like. Will she be taller? I hope so. I hope I hope they do it in the style that the current She-Hulk comic is, because the current She-Hulk comic that's going right now, I haven't yeah, read the most two. recent one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. Comicsology doesn't let me get them anymore. There you but go. Uh, I like that look of it, and I think that's gonna hopefully be what they go with. Me so. too. Yeah, I like it too. It's a, I just read issue one yet or issue two yesterday, and it's still fun. You know. Yeah. It's more about Jack of Hearts, but you know, whatever. Um, all right, so next up on the topics, we've got the producers Chris Miller and Phil Lord for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse have talked about the potential of a Tom Holland cameo in the upcoming film as all things are possible in the multiverse. Uh, I wanted to throw this one in there because if they are truly suggesting that this is going to be the case, 
It's also implying that things can go the other direction, and it also might throw in some interesting stuff of if he does, let's just say hypothetically, he does cameo, do they do him as a live action mm. or a cartoon? Because all the other people from the different multiverses are their own universe's style. And they did say that like they're when he goes into when uh, when when Miles goes into other universes, they're going to animate him and them like like or the universe is going to look like that style. Yeah. So it would be very interesting if they did have Miles like fall through another portal and he's real. Yeah. I I would I think that there's no way Sony won't do that because of what doors were kicked open via No Way Home. Yeah. Like No kidding. I I think that pretty much Anything is possible. They had a official photo shoot where all three actors had their masks off doing the pointing meme. Like they, they are listening. Their ears, their ear is to the grindstone. Like they are listening, and they are like, if it will make us an extra twelve dollars, we will do it. <laughs> so yeah, yeah I, I, I think so. I, I think that, especially because they exercised such restraint in the last one to mm-hmm. not have any other Spider-Man from the movies or cartoons with one notable exception in that movie, we're going to have the whole damn kitchen sink thrown at this movie. Now there's two parts. Yeah. So it could be that they might save it to, for the third one. Cause I think they're shooting it all at once, but yeah. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. And I, I know cause uh, the, the first into the spider verse film, I was actually lucky enough to go to the screen junket and interview them. And one of my questions I was asking about different Spider-Men that they wish they had been able to bring in. Mm -hmm. And both of them were talking about how they really wanted to bring in like so many additional ones. So when I saw this, I was like, I could definitely see it happening. Even if it's just a like they make a note like he's like looking out when they're doing the no way home, all the things in the clouds. Like even just a small cameo like that would be. Yeah. Just a fun nod. Yeah, will that, like, will the, the sky tear factor in since basically the Spider-Verse was ripped open and thing and, mm-hmm. and that universe, all the all these Spider-Verse universes were leaking into the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Like, will they do that? Will they address that in any way? I doubt it, but you never know. Yeah. I, th- I think it'll be maybe like an Easter egg to go, hey, it's there. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, there's always uh, a possibility. Although the actor who plays Miles is so much older than Miles is supposed to be. Right. You'd have to have him voice over like a body double because it would just be weird. <laughs> in, in this reality, probably. I'm in my like 20s and <laughs> I'm, I'm much bigger. Yeah. He, puberty hit him hard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right, so next up, um, so the Batman hit theaters last week, as we all know, um, and AMC tried something new. What they tried was they did a price hike for the first weekend of the Batman by increasing it, I want to say, like a dollar or two. Mm -hmm. If you went to see the Batman at AMC theaters, you paid more. Yeah. Um, This was because they knew people were going to go see it, and if you weren't aware... Movie theaters are not doing very well right now. And this was kind of their way to try and cover that gap. Right. Well, uh, film industry um, specialists are saying that this is probably going to stay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, when you are uh, dealing with, like, road service and 
the uh, the city that your toll booth is in says, oh, uh, we're, we're doing a very special limited time only price hike for tolls in this area. I'm speaking, of course, because I'm from New Jersey. This happened a lot. <laughs> but... Uh, Oh, uh, you know, the right now the toll was a quarter, but we need to do some significant road work, so it's going to be up to a dollar, but we are going to bring it back to a quarter after the wor- the wor- road work is completed. Well, the road mm-hmm. work just happened to take two or three years, just long enough for everybody to get used to spending a dollar, and we never brought it back down. Like, it, it, that's never going to change. And we're actually in a weird place right now in society where everything is artificially more expensive than it should be, and... Everyone is just kind of paying it and no one is upset or people are upset, but quietly upset where they're like, oh my God, eggs jumped up $2 in less than a year. That's unsustainable, but it isn't because it's only $2, except that's like 50% higher than it was six months ago. So it shouldn't be sustainable, but you're paying it because you feel powerless and have no idea what to do about it anymore. And AMC is like, yeah. And uh, also movies that are like really popular are going to be like $2 more. And it's like, yeah, well, now that I'm used to getting nickel and dimed in every respect of my existence, I guess I'll just pay those fees. Yeah. And, and, and it's like, that's so maddening. And I don't know what the what the straw is going to be. It's typically gas prices, but gas is $6 a gallon in my neck of the woods. So who the hell knows? But mm-hmm. uh, let, let, let's, let's assume that surge pricing for popular movies is here to stay because we live and breathe. Uh, I remember... Red Letter Media talked about this like two or three years ago where they were like, they should just charge Star Wars movies like like $25 or $30. Like just charge the price of like a, a ride, right. you know, at like the carnival or at like a theme park because they have proven that everyone will go see a Star Wars movie. Like, or people who will go see Star Wars movies will pay anything to go see Star Wars movies. Right. And so if that's the case and theaters are dying and we can't, like, get funding or screens for movies that are considered to be real movies, why don't we, like, tax these larger movies that are franchise, like, picks that are catered specifically towards a fandom that's never going to stop buying them, regardless of how good or bad they might be. Um, I find that idea, again, repugnant and terrible, and I hate it, because I remember, was it Paul Thomas Anderson? Somebody, uh, a noted real filmmaker, said something to the effect of, like, the next sleepy art house picture that's really great and will win an Oscar is not going to get people into the theater. Spider-Man is going to get people in theaters. Mm -hmm. And he ain't wrong. And I think that, you know, AMC slash all theaters... I, I think they're coming towards a swift and terrifying end. Like mm-hmm. just, just prognosticating here. I, I genuinely believe that like it's going to go back to the way it was in the twenties where, uh, uh, production studios own the theater. So it'll be like, you'll go to Warner brothers theaters or Disney right. theaters. And it'll be like the, like the Disney store and the lobby will be like a shopping mall in the, like in this huge lobby. You can buy t-shirts and mugs and dolls of your favorite new movie that is literally at screen 12. And we're going to make it a 4d experience and, you know, blast you with salt water and all kinds of other gar. Like, I, I think that's where it's going. And, and tickets for these movies will be $45. I genuinely think that's where we're going with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we're going to get there for another 10 years, but like that's where we're going. Yeah. Um, 
So the theater experience will be essentially dead. <laughs> uh, but making people spend like $2 more to see Batman like sucks. But I get it. Yeah. Like there's there's a part of me that I understand their motivation, but it sucks. And it's also asking a lot in a world where if we were in a prosperous time <laughs> where gas was a dollar a gallon and, you know, groceries were plentiful. Mm-hmm. I think that if someone said, oh, by the way, if you want to see a franchise movie, it's going to be $2 more. I think people would gripe, but everyone would pay it. Now it's like, hey, every aspect of your life is going to be taxed because things are tough for everyone. And that blows. <laughs> right. That's where we um, are. Well, so there another reason I brought this one yeah, up please. and put it on here is because right now, obviously, this is it's brand new for the theater experience. So everyone is noticing it more and everyone's right. like, Oh my gosh, like how can you do this? And the theaters are like, well, we got to recoup the money. Cause we kind of just went through a year and a half of no one really going to the films at all. Um, and I think I wanted to bring up something that happened. I don't know, 20 years ago, 21 years ago now, nine sure. 11 after nine 11 happened. I know. <laughs> Hear me out. After 9-11 happened, airplane uh, airlines were having trouble because they lost a lot of money. And that was when you started to pay money to get your luggage on the plane. That was when baggage fees happened because that was airlines trying to recoup their losses from everything that happened out of that. And then it just became the norm. And everyone was like, oh, well, now I got to pay extra for luggage. Oh, well, that's just the way it happens. Well, I have to get there. Like, I'm stuck here. And you know what? Like, it's only $25. Exactly. And that's... That's where I see this going as a people right now. Some people are like, okay, yeah, I get it. Like they got to recoup their losses, but it's going to become the norm. And I think people are, they're going to complain and everything, but I don't necessarily see this being the end of movie theaters. Personally, I think, I think it's going to definitely reshape it. Uh, Like you said, potentially go back to the different, like having a Disney theater and a Warner Brothers theater or something like that. Um, I don't see it being the end just because the movie industry is so big and streaming services are great and everything, but movie companies cannot necessarily get the same amount of money back from that as they would from the box office because it's very hard to go, hey... I paid $15 monthly subscription. I watched that movie once as well as these hundreds other shows. Yeah. No, it's just unsustainable. But they also, like, they they are spending, you know, trillions of dollars a year on infrastructure, IPs, and production mm-hmm. so that you'll subscribe because they know that's, like, the future because home theater experiences are cheaper than ever and going to the movies sucks you know like and i don't i i love the th- i love movies movies are my first Same. second love between comics and it's like i love the theater experience but also i hate it and <laughs> it's because humanity sucks and yep. like i have to go to the movies with them and sometimes they're awesome and they have the right reactions and other times they like politicize when toby Maguire first appears on screen in no way home <laughs> and it's like what happened uh and yeah. shut up but uh, as as the theaters work 
tirelessly to make that experience more excruciating, uh, you're going to see a, a heavier reliance on that, like, that streaming arm. And yeah. uh, eventually, I think it's going to, you know, n- notwithstanding the, the idea of where streaming is going, I think that, like, eventually, you know, the money that is going into making all this crap is going to level off. I mean, mm-hmm. Netflix, apparently, the, the money has already leveled off. Like, they are making profits again, and they're, they're good, you know, as far as, like, they've, they've got a good rhythm going. Disney+, Plus, HBO Max, you know, Paramount+, Plus, etc. Like, they're all kind of still getting their bearings. Uh, they're still working it out. I mean, Disney+, Plus obviously, is, like, talking about adding ads, and they, they you know, they have Canadian experience versus European experience. Like, it, it's apples and oranges. Like, there's R-rated material on Disney+, Plus and other places. So, yeah. They're still kind of figuring out their growing pains when it comes to being a streaming service. But when the money going in reaches a, a plateau and they know how much they need to pull in every year to make that service sustainable, uh, then you're going to see them kind of like pick a horse in this race. I think you're going to yeah. see them go like, oh, yeah, no, I don't care. Like, yeah. <laughs> or, or, oh, um, let's see if we can make this cheaper or can't. Can this can this new movie we have planned be a show instead? Right. You know. Actually, it's it's funny because as you were saying that, it made me think, um, like, another direction instead the movie theaters as actual industry, like the buildings and stuff. I could see that going a little out of business because when you mentioned the oh, there were Disney movie theaters. We basically have that now in Disney Plus. Everyone's got their own streaming service, and yeah. I could see it going much more in the way of, hey, pay $25 to watch it at home because Disney showed people will pay $25 to watch Raya the Last Dragon the day it comes out in their yeah. living room. And I think the only real reason that didn't happen more was because it's such a brand new way to provide it that it wasn't in many contracts with actors and a lot of actors are going no 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 that's yeah. that's not how this was um and i am actually using that to segue into the next one oh, because great. elizabeth olsen has ah. been rumored to have signed a new contract with disney a seven-year contract as scarlet witch um now there are many speculations about this i believe this came out as a rumor last week I saw things today that it was confirmed. However, I was not able to find the hard proof that it was Mm. confirmed. So I'm kind of steering away from saying it's exactly it. But if it is, uh, the contract involved a Scarlet Witch trilogy uh, being in the Agatha House of Harkness. Okay. In I Am Groot, as well as Avengers Secret Wars Part 1 and Part 2. Hmm. Yeah, and Secret Wars is, we don't even know if that's really the plan. Like, that's yeah. very much heavy speculation. But let's call it, like, Endgame 2 and 3. You know, like, Basic, the, yeah, Endgame, or Avengers. The next Endgame. Yeah. yeah. The, big, the big culmination. Like, probably when they reboot. Uh, but, yeah, that. Um, I don't know, man. That's, I, I was shocked to see it only because I'm like, oh, like, you know, Elizabeth Olsen was one of those things where I was like, I guess I just took her for granted as far as she had a one. Mm-hmm. She had her own show. She's the focal point of the Doctor Strange movie. She was the focal point of Civil War. She was the focal point of, uh, you know, of, of Infinity War to some degree. Like, she's in all these movies, and she's really important in all of them. So I just, I guess I kind of took for granted the fact that, like, 
they would make a big deal of like, oh, she's signing a seven-year contract. She's getting movies. Mm-hmm. And I never would have thought like, oh, yeah, Scarlet Witch movie. Right. But I can imagine her looking at the Black Widow movie and being like, we got we to gotta get this on lockdown. Like, oh, yeah. number one, I want, a, I want a trilogy of my own because I'm in all these movies and I don't get nearly as <laughs> And I'm still play. alive. Still alive. <laughs> and, I got all, and I got nebulous powers and I got lots of story to tell. Uh, you know, and I can get a bigger slice. You know, if I'm, if I'm going to be in these movies, because I'm not, not going to be in them, you know, I better get a bigger slice of that pie. Yeah. I uh, I thought it was, I think it's really interesting, because also, as you say it, I realize Scarlet Witch is one of those characters that plays much bigger of a role without really feeling like that big of a character. <laughs> exactly. No, sh- I feel so bad, because, like, Scarlet Witch has, for a lot of the time, been a plot device, particularly in the MCU, but also in the Marvel comics. Like, yeah. She is a MacGuffin in House of M. House of M is like, everyone's like, oh, it's a huge Scarlet Witch story. Yeah. How many lines does she have in that book? Like, <laughs> yeah. You like, know? She's behind the scenes, like the right? whole, pretty yeah, much the whole thing. She's the antagonist of the book, but like, she ain't really in it, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe a line of hers that doesn't say children in it. You know, that, that, that's it. Um, so I'm excited to see that. I get, I don't know. I, I don't want to say I'm excited to see that, but I'm, I'm glad for her in terms of her getting, you know, getting that bag. Uh, and I, I guess we'll see a new norm when it comes to this. I mean, the the, the trick is going to be, like, I. it's actually interesting. The, the thing I just jumped to was, like, agents are going to have to learn a whole new lingo, you know, because they're going to be like, like, the ones who negotiated Scar, uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson's contract for the Black Widow movie, they were like, right, we're going to... We're going to Robert Downey Jr. this. We're going to make right. a big-ass Black Widow movie. People have been aping for this thing since 2003. Let's get going. Not 2003. More like 2013. But, like, 2013, let's get it moving. You know, here we go. Black Widow. And then, like, pandemic. And it came out in streaming. And not everybody paid $30 to go see it. And she didn't get the huge payday she wanted because there wasn't one. Because it didn't come out in theaters. That being said, because it came out in streaming, Disney got to, to keep all the profits as opposed to losing a percentage to the distributors, but it is a it is a hilariously low number that studios take in versus distributors, and I I don't know how proportionate the loss to theaters was versus the loss of people not going to theater but instead paying to see it in a streaming service. I think you made a brilliant point where it's like it it was just too new. You know, people mm-hmm. were just like. People were excited and hey, Mandalorian and stuff, but like outside of our sphere of influence, like in the regular sphere, like Marvel movies make a lot of money because they appeal to a lot of people. And, you know, one, you know, a really popular YouTuber telling a bunch of people like, go see this movie or don't see this movie doesn't really influence that movie as much as people think they do. And not enough to, to tip box office one way or another. You know, you have to reach like middle America and the rest of the world to get them to go to this movie and they have to know the movie exists or this franchise exists to go see it. And, uh, you know, so there's work to be done in that regard. It's not just like taking it for granted. Oh, well, it's there. So they'll watch it. Like, no, you got to tell people about it. You got to you got to get people to have high speed Internet. You got to make sure that they know how to create an account. Uh, You got to see if they have the value. They they see the value in a Disney Plus service because anyone who's like over the age of 35, like remembers when Netflix had Disney stuff and goes, yeah, doesn't wait. My Netflix doesn't have everything. You know, 
Yeah. Like your, your parents are going to go like, wait, I got to pay for two Netflixes? Why would I do that? <laughs> <laughs> Streaming services will just be called Netflixes. I think, I uh, assume it is. I've actually never heard yeah. anybody say that, but I assume that like they treat it like Nintendos. Get your new Nintendo yep, That's today. exactly what I was thinking. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so when I saw this, I think... I think Scarlet Witch is actually a great character to choose. And I think of it because of the fact of with WandaVision, they showed how expansive her powers are, as well as how uh, she's not necessarily in one place on the good to bad spectrum. Yeah, And I think these days the audience likes that. The audience likes when it's not the good guy they like when it's not the bad guy they like when it's a real person struggling with things it's it's a woman with this power that wants to do good things but is grieving so much that she creates her own reality and manipulates it all and i feel like with however multiverse of madness goes whether or not it truly ends with her becoming a villain i know that there are some rumors that that's going to be the case Whatever it may be, I think her power set and the scale of it, as well as what CGI is capable of these days, she's one of the perfect characters to do. Because it's basically, giving Scarlet Witch a film is like going, hey, we refined it with Doctor Strange. We got the magic to a place where people like it. They don't question it. They make fun of the sling rings, but they don't go, oh, it's <laughs> it's a terrible thing. No, people actually like the way it looks and it looks yeah. great. And I think Scarlet Witch is a great person to kind of hand that baton off to of, hey, you've got crazy magic. You do crazy things. You're crazy powerful. We don't necessarily know what side of the spectrum you're on. This is going to be great. And I and I think it also appeals to the audience that's like, I want a female superhero that is super powerful. That, And I feel that isn't a MacGuffin. And I'm going to say mm-hmm. in the sense of Captain Marvel, who very much was because, hey, she shows up and flies straight through a giant ship in the middle of a battle. Like... Yeah. Whereas Scarlet Witch has been shown to lose. She's been shown that she is not all powerful ultimate god basically i mean she's so, pa- she she did give thanos a run for his money like i know people have have argued like hey you know like if she wasn't distracted you know she would have beaten thanos all by herself and like she is very powerful and i i do mm-hmm. appreciate that but yeah i think her vulnerability makes her more relatable you know it, a, yeah. or at the very least it makes her more sympathetic you know people want to root for her or at least watch her journey you know yeah. more than uh more than carol because carol's like well, you know, I don't want to get into that, but you know. <laughs> now, and, and I'm going to throw this out there because I just, once again, have crazy thoughts while we go through, but this yeah. is the tangent show, so I can say them. What if this trilogy, what if we're not getting the actual X-Men in Multiverse of Madness and the trilogy is to start House of M to revert House of M to bring us mutants? I've heard that theory, the idea of I mean, uh, of doing a reverse House of M, like no yeah. comma more mutants. Uh, but I I I don't like any of the ideas I've heard <laughs> for for how to make the mutants happen. You know, I, I really I really don't care like how okay. they do it as as long as it's not that like a portal opens up and all of Fox's X Men dump out of it. You know, like for right. me, it's like 
I do like James McAvoy as uh, Xavier, so would that be cool? Sure, like, they've done that. But, like, at the same time, I also don't, you know, I don't have a great idea for it outside of Professor X and the X-Men, or at the very least of an early version of the mutants, have always existed, but they've been either shielded by Professor X or not everybody cares or notices. You know, like, when when that thing crops up, it, you know, I would I would love to see maybe some idea where it's like, oh... When the X Men come on the scene to defend mutants, that like that actually ends up creating a on like a, a larger dialogue with everybody, where they were like, you know, I didn't notice that there were mutants, but now that there's a bunch of guys running around called X Men that are like attacking people, I'm starting to think maybe I have a problem, mutants. Right. You know, <laughs> something like that. I, I don't know, but uh, it's it's you know it, it's a it's an unfortunate consequence of not having the property when they develop the universe because right. could have very easily just been like mutants are over there and they've always been a thing. Um, but it takes, so, you know, so yeah. I want the, uh, the way I was picturing was actually not so much of a reverse. No more mutants. <laughs> yeah. But actually uh, it was more along the line of the potential that the Charles Xavier that we have, or that we supposedly have from the, on the council. Right. I was more picturing it. What if that's, he's there to tell Dr. Strange this Scarlet Witch person killed all the mutants on my earth Mm. and is more of a, I'm here as a warning for the Scarlet Witch (laughs) to imply something might've happened and then go from there. But yeah, it's like I said, very big stretch, but yeah. uh, I, I, I like, like throwing idea, those fun ones out there. I do like the idea of there being like a like more more crossover, or at the very least, that like the you know the multiverse. Some things happen based on No Way Home. I mean, like all of those movies now are different. So mm-hmm. you know, what does that mean? Can you expand on that? Uh, the options are there now, but uh, and and based on the audience level. Uh, there's an audience for that, so I guess we can do that. You know, like I don't. I think that when when the MC was launched, nobody was thinking it's too bad. No, not it's too bad. Nobody was thinking. Well, maybe in another ten or fifteen years, we'll get Spider-Man Four from Sam Raimi. You know, nobody mm-hmm. was thinking like, oh, you know, I would like to see another Amazing Spider-Man Three, and maybe one day they'll do it. Like, you know, you're just taught not to think that. You know, just like right. after Incredible Hulk, no one was like. Well, I, I, gee, I, I still hope they let them make another Eric Bana-led Ang Lee-directed Hulk movie. You know, we just move that on. We move on. But mm-hmm. now that there is this kind of like nostalgia, this 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 kind of like monetized, weaponized nostalgia that you can develop and 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 fire at your audience, you you, you could make a Spider-Man movie that has uh, that like you could go, hey Sam Raimi, uh, make Spider-Man four, do whatever you want. You know, uh, hey, Mark Webb, uh, make Amazing Spider-Man 3. Uh, do whatever you want, you know, and no one will be confused. Knock yourselves out. And if that's the case, like, hey, uh, yeah, and like, you know what? Let's do, let's have a scene in Multiverse of Madness or hell in the next Scarlet Witch show where, uh, you know, Scarlet Witch is jumping through the multiverse and she goes to the, like, l- you know, to the Logan universe or, you know, mm-hmm. to, to the to one of the versions of the Fox X-Men franchise because they're all different realities because <laughs> there's no way they line up. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, there's no way. And, Right, and she's just like, yeah, and, uh, and she messes with that, and and then she leaves, you know, like kind of like uh, in in the comic book Spider Verse, where like Marlon's jumping around to different realities to eat different Spider Men, you know, Scarlet Witch is tearing through like the Marvel movies pre MCU. <laughs> um, I don't necessarily want to see that, but I know that like right. 
all everything's on the table now so they can yeah uh, i i like that everything's on the table just because i like theorizing right. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of getting these discussions where it's like well what if they did this what if they yeah but uh all right, yeah. so moving on to uh, the last two. I'm going to kind of pair these together. I won't actually say the exact spoilers, uh, or I was going to let you decide if I should or shouldn't. Yeah, let's, but... let's leave the spoilers out, but we can talk We can talk around them if we can. Yeah, um, the reason why I'm actually more hesitant of the spoilers is because both of these do involve deaths, and usually I say, oh, hey, it's the superhero world. They'll all come back. Alfred's been dead for about three years now, yeah. so I'm starting to think they might kind of keep these but anyway yeah. uh marvel if you spoiled... read uh, if, if you read robin 11 uh uh we'll see oh the robins yeah, they... one with all of them no 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 the, the, the... oh the one with damien okay with damien okay don't i haven't yet. i haven't read it yet okay yeah, read robin 11 and you might change your tune but uh okay. but i hear what you're saying yeah like i mean Lo- wolverine was dead for five years mm-hmm <laughs> It's, you, know. you you never know these days. They might come back, they might not, but just in case, we won't spoil it. Exactly. Unlike Marvel. Uh, Marvel spoiled a big death in Devil's Reign number five yep. by revealing the death a week prior in another comic, the Daredevil Woman Without Fear number three. Yes. I, I won't say what it was, uh, but that's, that is one way that things have been spoiled in the world, and I kind of love that they both... Both yeah. companies gave me great examples because they Marvel did it of one comic spoils another comic, mm-hmm. and then DC, uh, not wanting to feel left out, spoiled a massive death in the Trial of the Amazons yep. by revealing it in the preview for part two of the story in Nubia and the Amazons number six. Yes. I am getting so tired of things being spoiled in that manner. Right. Now, when it's something that it's being revealed as the event is death of Doctor Strange, <laughs> that's that's one where it's more of a, okay, that's fine, because we know what we're getting into and we yeah. know there's a story around it. But I'm starting to get really fed up with both Marvel and DC spoiling their comics and more so with these deaths of very significant characters that have big ramifications throughout the universes, especially considering how integrated both of these characters are in their respective universes, especially as of late. Right. Um, And while I do say I would not have, if I was just a standard comic book reader, I wouldn't have found these because I would have just been grabbing the comics and I would have read them. I mean, the Marvel one would have spoiled it if I read it before the other one. Yep. Uh, but usually I find these just because I'm looking for the news. But what do you think? Like, I, yep. I'm i not a big fan of getting spoiled on these major moments, even if it's a death, if it's a the wedding gets called off or anything right. like that. Just significant moments and not getting to experience that moment yeah it's it's a toughie because they've been doing it forever uh i mean and when i say forever i don't really mean forever but like they have been doing it for a very long time hell let's just go back as far as 2005 where the ending of civil war was spoiled by just the news talking about it you know because they uh, captain america's death being spoiled because the news was talked about. Because they, they actually covered it in the news. And who spoiled it? Marvel sent the news 
the information and the pages so that they would cover it. Now, why did they do that? Because they wanted to get sales, and they believed, almost 20 years ago now, that spoilers equal sales. That if you know what's going to happen, or if you're prepared for what's going to happen, or if you speculate that this is going to be a big deal... It will equate sales. Now, the Captain America, the Death of Captain America issue actually ended up being like a really heavy speculator book that did really well for eBay sellers. But <laughs> at the end of the day, like, did that help Marvel? Well, I guess maybe if they ordered more copies and they sold more of those copies, sure. But more likely, those kinds of situations, when it, when it, when it stokes the flames of the speculator market, you know, you sell out of the first run. So nobody who pre-ordered the book or who likes the book or who is genuinely curious about the story is going to get it. Only speculators sell it. They sell it for an inflated markup. Nobody sees that return except for those speculators. And then the comic book store, thinking that there's an, like some kind of increased interest, orders a new copy, a second printing of this series. They put it on the shelves and it doesn't sell. Now they're on the hook for those books because they have to pay up front for those issues. So, mm-hmm. eh, you know, who gets screwed? The retailer, you know, or the readers who are like, yeah, I wanted it, but like I read Captain America before this. Maybe I should have the first printing so I could wet my beak a little bit or keep it for posterity because why shouldn't I be entitled to a first printing? Because I read the damn book. Mm-hmm. That sucks. And that sucked almost 20 years ago, and it sucks today. I have learned in all that time that when it comes to the like geek culture spectrum, a, a vocal amount of the audience, and I don't know if it's whether, whether it's a majority or a minority, but a, mm-hmm. a very vocal amount of the audience wants to be spoiled. A, a a a surprising amount of the audience of comic consuming readers or hangers on because I don't know if they are actually comic book readers or if they're just here to hear about comic books or they used to read comic books and they think they're woke and just want to complain about them like I don't know what category they fit into but regardless the ones that shout the loudest are like spoiling the books themselves or demanding that they be spoiled because because we all need to grow up right because mm-hmm. you know whenever there's a massive movie coming out they want to be spoiled about it or they end up spoiling it or you know you, if, if you talk about it like we talk about it for professionally so obviously when the next batman movie comes out i'm gonna have a bunch of dms that tell me what happens in the batman movie Maybe it's out of sheer excitement. Maybe it's because of maliciousness. But in any case, the culture has decided, or at least a vocal part of that culture has decided, spoilers equal good. And Mm -hmm. the companies that we are dependent on to safeguard these spoilers also think that spoilers are good. Maybe for a different reason. You know, I believe that if you believe that spoilers, if you want to be spoiled for a story, in a movie or a comic book or anything, it's because you, you you don't want to go on an emotional journey in that story. You want to steel yourself against being surprised mm-hmm. because be, because you have been burned in the past by stories that surprised you or circumvented your expectations or you know blew your mind and you didn't like that experience. You don't want to have it again. <laughs> you know, I, I think it's just it's safeguarding them. You know, it's like people who are risk averse. They just don't want to have that experience and 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 it's not enough that they don't want to have that experience for themselves but they believe they should spoil it for other people and it's right. it, it's baffling to me but it's also 
a, a, a overwhelming amount of people who in the comments or, you know, in the live streams, like people constantly want to be spoiled by it. And that only justifies it further by our corporate overlords who are like, I'm going to ruin a Daredevil story. Like a Daredevil story? Book sells 35,000 copies. Now it's an event, but it's a Daredevil event. How many mm -hmm. of those even exist? And you're spoiling it? Like, and maybe they're doing it because the numbers are down, or the pre-orders are down, or they well, are worried they will be down. of course the numbers are down. down. People can't buy it on Comixology right well, now. Well, yeah, but even then, I mean, like, the Comixology argument, by the way, if you do get it yeah. on your phone or your uh, tablet, the app is fine, and the guide of you still exists, so. I have, I have been trying it on my tablet, and I can't buy a single one. Wow. No, yeah. that's messed up. Uh, I, I've, I've had no trouble, but I also, and I recently downloaded it on my phone, but, like. Well, I have... I, I have the weird issue. It'll let me buy like three or four mm -hmm. and then it won't let me. Oh, that's messed up. No, you need to yeah. contact tech support for that because that's like, they, they'll fix that because they're like, oh, you can't give us money. <laughs> you know, it, it, for me, the problem comes where it's like the interface issue where they're like, oh, I don't care if you can't read it. Right. You bought it though, right? You know, but uh, yeah. It's, but sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, 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 that's okay. But that's, you know, that's, that's the nature of the business. That's what happens when you have like one company running everything. But mm -hmm. uh yeah, when it comes to spoilers, Marvel is like, yeah, well, I mean, like, if you ask the audience, which, like, you never should do if you're making a business decision, uh, they say that it's okay, and I think I should do it anyway, so it just feeds into my own justification. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, it's 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 nonsense, it's garbage. I, I, I think a well-placed teaser should do the same trick, and I think that, like, you know, it's almost like that Joker meme where it's like, I am sick of it, and I'm tired of pretending it's not a problem. You know, like, yeah. I, I, spoilers are horseshit, and it's annoying that spoilers uh, are pervasive and normalized by, I think, I want to believe, a minority of the readership, viewership, whatever it is, consumers. Um, but it ain't just the audience. It's also the the publishers themselves, you know? Right. And and I can imagine why. I mean, the the two examples we have here today are mm -hmm. a Daredevil event and a Wonder Woman event. Daredevil notoriously doesn't have events, and Wonder Woman notoriously has horribly selling events. Like, yeah. Wonder Woman barely sells comic books. And I'm sorry, but I look at the numbers and I know. You know, and, and it's a real damn shame because Wonder Woman's a great character and it's one of those characters that should always be in print. Right. But also because people buy it, not just because it's like out of posterity. And Wonder Woman events, like if you look, like Witching Hour sold meh, you know, War of the Gods sucks. You know, like what was Amazon's attack? I mean, give me a break. Mm -hmm. You can't even get that in print anymore. Like you can't even get a trade. Uh, so I can imagine DC being like, we better tell him something happens in this freaking thing. Right. <laughs> You know, it may if if only for the speculators. And hey, you know, there I I understand their justification because in that case they're like, let's say that uh, we spoil a big death in Nubia, a book that was six issues only that dovetails into a massive Wonder Woman event. Well, if I can't get copies of Nubia number six, mm -hmm. well, what, what's going on in Nubia? Well, wh hang on a second. I I'm not I'm plugged in only as much as I go to the comic book store. Like I can't get Nubia number six. Why not? Oh, something hmm. massive happens in that book. Well, now I gotta go find it. And you know what? Maybe since I can't get six, I'll read issues one through five. And now all of a sudden, I love Nubia. Uh, I mean, that's that's their meta that's their thinking. I think. Yeah. And, and also, then it connects to the. Uh, well, now that I'm all 
caught up on Nubia, and that dovetails into Trial of the Amazons, I'm going to retrial the Amazons now. And if that happens to 100,000 of us, <laughs> then we've got ourselves almost the equivalent of buying one Batman comic book. Right. So I, I, I get their motivation, but I think that, like, part of the biggest problem with comic book publishers is that, like, their marketing blows. Right? Like, and I, I don't even know if they're actual trained marketers. You know, like, the, like in publishing, you know, like book publishing, just book publishing is a very lucrative business. And it is that way for a good reason. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that, like, culturally speaking, everyone says nobody reads. And yet, uh, you know, the comic book world can't figure out how to sell their own damn merchandise. Yeah. And, 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 and before I even, I don't want to hear about manga because it's apples and oranges. It's a completely really different market. Like, so I don't want, I, I'm, I'm sick of it. You know, well, you know, manga, you know, yeah, okay. Let me just go get my purple man crystal and wipe the minds of the Western world so I can culturally change the entire consciousness and their perception of comic books because that's what you'd have to do to equate manga with western comics because manga is normalized in the east and so it's not stigmatized you know you don't have any parents going like you're reading that manga again smack whether it's verbally or physically Mm -hmm. you'd have to change the culture to make western comics the same category as manga it's it's just it's two different things Stop yeah. it. But, uh, but, but it, why shoot yourself in the foot? You know, Western comics at least need to have the same level of marketing talent as books or magazines. God help us. I'm looking to magazines to sell comic books, <laughs> you know, but like, you know what I mean? I, I just, yeah. Every time I look and, and you know what I hear every time from them, if I, if I do hear anything, it's. Well, if you looked at our budget, I'm like, your budget? First of all, you have one? (laughs) Where does it go? You know what I mean? Like, I know marketers in the industry, and I see what they do. And the good ones, they, they, they they, they they go the extra mile. You know, they, they, and they think outside the box, or at the very least, they think within other people's boxes. Right. You know, you don't have to be like, so, uh, in this, in this massive DC Comics event, uh, we're going to kill Batman at the end of it. Oh! You know, you should just want them to read your massive DC Comics event. Like, why? Like, See, so it's funny you actually say that because I'm, I'm actually... I feel like there are good and okay spoilers that are good for marketing, and I sure. think there are bad ones. And in the list of bad ones, I would put the spoiling of the wedding. That yes. one, I would say 100%. That was a terrible idea. That sucks. Because you, you already I, had them, right? Because you had the exactly. wedding. Exactly. Yeah. Like, that was we, enough. <laughs> we, like, that would have been one that you didn't need to spoil it. People knew that there was going to be a wedding. People were buying it for the wedding. Right. They didn't necessarily care if it happened or not. They wanted to read it for the wedding well, and wanted to see what it was. No one expected it not to happen. Yeah, exactly. And that would have like blown everyone's mind. 
but they spoiled it wrong. But like, yeah. like what you said of at the end of this run, Batman dies. Right. In my mind, that's a fantastic spoiler mm. because it doesn't actually tell you what happens and it makes you go, but, but Batman doesn't die. How are they going to do this? Right, right. And, uh, someone in chat said it and it's a Marvel actually did a good spoiler one recently. The Spider-Man. Yeah. Spider-Man just in a crater, everything oh, yeah. destroyed. What did he do? What did he do? Yeah. And I still like, want to know what at, he did. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like you see it and you see this big thing and you, you're spoiled that Spider-Man has done something right, that is, he's in a crater. Like that there, spoiler? Because I have no context for that. That's the thing. Like, and that's You it. telling me Batman doesn't get married at the end of the wedding issue is a, is a spoiler. You've ruined the book. Yes. You showing me an out-of-context panel of Spider-Man in a crater somewhere, and you metatextually putting a big out-of-continuity thing of text saying, what did Peter Parker do? Like, that, that is a teaser. That's but, that you know it's like a trailer you know people and people have problems about trailers too where they they give away too much like trailers are supposed to get you hyped for the movie and show you some of the best bits just to get you to go right the the best trailers make you hyped without showing you what the movie is all about see while i agree imagine if the wedding came out and instead of it being spoiled of the wedding doesn't happen right. they simply showed one image batman dead Batman right. dies in the wedding. Immediately you go, okay, it's spoiled that he dies, but I don't know about you. You would go, how on earth do you die in this situation? Like, how did you get there? And yeah. that that's where I feel the spoiler is okay, is when uh, if, if you leave the journey still a mystery, a spoiler is... A yeah. little more okay. It's it's more acceptable, but it's the ones where they spoil the journey that right. I'm like, or or if the inevitability is the journey, like if mm -hmm. what happens is the point. Like, were you reading the death of Captain America? I know Captain America is going to die. Show me how. Yes, uh, but like in the wedding issue, you know, you could have you could have teased that without. First of all, you don't need to because it's called the wedding of Batman and Catwoman. You, they didn't it. need. To, yeah, but let's say that like let's say that like speculation was down. You release an image. You're only you're, you know you got all these wedding things, all these like you know wedding dresses and pictures. What you release is an image from the book of Selena Kyle in her wedding dress weeping. That that's from the comic yeah. book. Why is she crying? Now I gotta pick it up because I'm curious. Or I'm, I'm mm -hmm. you know I remember reading a, a, a I was uh, I used to be a huge uh, Firefly Serenity fan uh, mm -hmm. back in the day, and I remember reading a review for Serenity. Now I. I guess I'll spoil Serenity for people, but I'll, I'll try not to do it in a more direct fashion, but I'm giving you some preamble just to plug your ears. But, like, I remember reading a review that said it was a non-spoiler review of Serenity. And I was like, cool. So I read it. First line. Despite the fact that two major characters die. That was the first line of the, of the non-spoiler review for Serenity. That... So now I am like, so now uh, I haven't seen Serenity. I love Firefly. Uh, now I know that two characters are going to die, but I don't know which ones. So my experience watching Serenity for the first time was drastically different from most people's because I'm mm -hmm. watching this every time they get into trouble. I'm like, oh, who's going to like, there's a great chase scene where they're on the, the mule and Jane gets a uh, spear through the leg. I'm like, oh, they're going to kill Jane. Well, that makes sense. Okay. I guess I can live with that. And then like, 
characters get into scrapes and it's it's pretty hairy throughout that movie every time something happened I'm like I'm on the edge of my seat like this is the one where someone dies this is the moment and then when it does happen mm-hmm. like they kill one character and they really set it up and you're like okay but then when the next death happens you don't see it coming and you're like oh no and it hits you even harder because you knew it was coming mm-hmm. and it's like that was crazy is that a spoiler yes was, but yeah. is it also an incredible teaser kinda Exactly. It really really altered my entire experience of that movie. It really, like, because, I mean, just based off of you explaining it, it sounds almost like you were even more into it because you knew something was going to happen and you, it starts adding that, but how do you get there? Right. What's the journey? And that's, that's the problem that marketers have not figured out is you don't spoil the journey. Yeah. You don't spoil the resolution but you can give out this small little bit to entice. Absolutely. And I guess I guess the best way to call it would be a, a spoiler teaser. Yeah. Kind of thing. But in both the examples that we have that we're talking about today. These were both just like, what the hell this are you was thinking? Just, this was just <laughs> lousy marketing and done for no good reason. Yeah. Now, in the Daredevil situation, that was just classic Marvel. It was lousy scheduling. Mm-hmm. The Daredevil Woman Without Fear number three should have come out the same week as Devil's Reign number five. That's yeah. what should have happened. Uh, that happens a lot, as a matter of fact. Like, or at least it happens often enough to have a couple of examples. DC was like, I and I get their concern. As I said, like, we're making a Wonder Woman event. Let's explain why they should buy it. In well, some actually, way. so that's not. I'm not sure. Uh, the the Wonder Woman one. This wasn't a marketing. No, this was like this just was the, the, this the, was the preview, the preview, like when you see the first couple pages. So it's yeah. like they were like, "Hey, this is going to be the comic," and it's like, "Why? Wow, yeah. What? Yeah." Because even if you see the panel of what happens, yeah, nothing of it makes me go, "Oh, I know what even this comic is." <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. No, I read that preview, and uh, I- I'm like, I don't even know what happened. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, oh, okay. You know, so, <laughs> you know, and, and the worst of it is, you know, if you read comics long enough, it's like, oh no, this character died. That character's died before. Right. Uh, like, I mean, heck, I, Wonder I, Woman literally just came back from the afterlife. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, like there was a major Wonder Woman event where that where a character came back to life in that event and like nobody even noticed and it was a major plot point of that story and it was done really poorly it's like this this is just proof for me the wonder woman reveal in this is no one's paying attention mm-hmm. like they didn't think about it they're like ah eh, you know they, they put it out right they were like oh you, how many preview pages do we release four okay here you go and it's like uh sir uh that that actually spoils the entire like preamble to the event. Mm-hmm. It's like so. <laughs> <laughs> well, it already went out like that, you know. Yeah. So uh, with Daredevil, that's you know, it's it. The Daredevil one was just like someone clearly wasn't like they there was thinking. clearly a miscommunication or just lack of communication of what was being put out and when. Yeah. Yeah. No. Like, uh, and having read it, I, I gotta tell you, like, Daredevil Without Fear was fun, but 
doesn't need to exist. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just here's three issues of of of, of Electro Daredevil doing doing something else, and it's technically during during Devil's Reign. It was like when I read that Spider Man Devil's Reign issue. I'm like, oh boy, I wish I didn't pay for this. Which like, the still bizarre part is, it's definitely a part of that event, but is the only one that does not have Devil's Reign in the title. Yeah, because that makes sense. I but, know. Uh, I, know. I think that's a good spot for us to kind of conclude on here. I think yeah. it's safe to say that spoilers have to be very tactfully done. The, yeah, if, you need if to at have all. like the know the science of spoilers yes. and uh, and learn them. And I, that's what I'm telling you, man. Like, mar- like these publishers need like good marketing. They need like training <laughs> to like how to market. They really do. They they need to stop just going. Hey, intern, you're cheap. Good luck. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Uh, But anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening and watching today. He is Sal. You can find him over at Comic Pop as well as, I can't remember the... Oh, Comic Pop Returns. Returns. That's what I I was going to say that, but I didn't want to mess it up. Uh, And if you want to hear us talk more about Marvel and DC TV shows, Benny, Sal, Dylan, and myself talk over on Absolutely Marvel and DC about that. Uh, Benny will be back next time. Unfortunately, he wasn't here for this one. But thank you guys so much for listening and watching, and we will see you next week.